Welcome to Coffee with Curtis, your home for quality business conversation. Hey everyone, I'm Robert Curtis. Welcome to the podcast. Today on the program, we have professional basketball player and high performance coach, Robert Rothbart. He also happens to be my neighbor. Such an insightful episode. We look at the attributes that powered his own successful basketball career, his winning mindset, and how he's bringing all of those learnings to others through the, I guess, new horizon of his career as a high performance coach. We even touch on some of the interesting topics at the moment around the role of politics and social justice in business and sport. So listen up, really enjoyed speaking with Robert. Enjoy the podcast. Robert Rothbart, I am so excited that we finally got to do this podcast together. The two Roberts in conversation. (laughs) Two Roberts, and we're so far away from each other. What is it? Three houses, four houses? (laughs) (laughs) I know it's partly ridiculous that we're not doing this in person, but the podcasting environment today is so zoom orientated that yeah, it's just yeah. easier to grab that video so um i'll wave to you from my balcony from afterwards yeah exactly <laughs> sounds good now i'm i'm excited to talk about lots and lots of things and it's going to be i think a really interesting episode for our listeners to grapple and learn with some of the sort of pillars of your life and career um especially with where you're pivoting and reinventing yourself towards now um, around sort of high performance coaching and and whatnot. But before we do that, I want to back right up because the first time I met you was you'd moved into our area and it's the elephant in the room. So I'm going to just get it out there. There was a seven foot two guy walking towards me and I'm like, okay, he's tall. And there yep. you were, and we got introduced, and we became friends. But let's <laughs> let's let's take some background in on you. What what's your life story? And um, let's talk about heights because this is one of your key features, and you've used it to your advantage in your career um, because you are a professional basketball player. And we're going to be talking about that element of your career and where you're taking the, what you've learned from that part of your career to the next stage. So welcome. Thank you for being here. Robert, thank you for having me. And I'm, I'm so excited uh, to finally be on your podcast. Uh, I've watched you kind of grow this thing from, from grassroots. So it's amazing to be a part of it. And, and uh, I'm so happy to be, you know, a guest on your show. Um, so, so, yeah, so I'm, I, I have, uh, I am seven foot two. That is, that is true. Um, and I've been a professional basketball player for, for the last 17 years uh, have lived in eight different countries. Uh, my, my basketball has taken me, uh, you know, around the world, living in different countries, eventually, you know, here in Israel. Um, but, but I've always been, uh, I always wanted to be a professional basketball player. I wanted to be the best basketball player in the world ever since I was, I was a young child. So that's been a huge part of, of, of who I am. And, and that awareness as a, as a kid, um, always pushed me to try to be the best that I could be uh, in, 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 in competitive basketball. That was, that was my thing. So are you saying that you're one of these really annoying people who even as a kid was super motivated to go and win? I mean, <laughs> I, if that's what you call annoying, then yes. 
if that's what you call annoying me, i'm yes. being i'm being british sarcastic british sarcastic i you know um let's say i i, I that was that was my thing you know i always wanted to, to be a basketball player i was always the tallest kid in the school so you would always see the class photos and i'd always be you know two heads above everybody else uh, I love basketball. I love sports. I was highly active as a kid, so I didn't like sitting down. And um, basketball was my thing, you know. And um, it 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 took me uh, to a, a path. It took me down a path of self discovery to discover who I really am. Not that I know who I am. I'm in the path of discovering, you know, discovering that now in the journey. But it took me down this path of of self discovery and. Um, having these aspirations, having these dreams as a kid uh, always made me look at the world in a specific way. And it always made me look at where I want to go and where it is that I want to go. So uh, I missed my high school graduation because I was traveling and trying out for NBA teams. And for me, you know, when they told me, hey, you're not going to be able to walk and, and get your high school diploma, it was, you know, it was a joke to me. I didn't care. You know, I didn't want the high school diploma, I wanted that next stage. So I didn't have any sense of, hey, I just completed 12 years of education. I want to, you know, soak this in. I was, you know, in my next dream. Um, and, 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 and I believe that this, this path of, of going down, following your dreams, following your aspirations, uh, led me to discover my strength, discover who I really am, um, and, and especially in the field of competitive sports, uh, where, where, you know, competition is high, everybody's at each other's necks, uh, to get, you know, to the top and, and, uh, statistics are very obvious and on paper. And so that you can't lie on a basketball court. There's 16,000 mm -hmm. fans watching you. You can't say, Hey, you know, I, 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 no, I did make that shot or yeah, I could have done better. No, you, you can't lie on a basketball court. Uh, and so it's pushed me to learn about myself, to um, improve myself in, in, in every step of my career and never be kind of just complacent. And, how, much um, of, how much of that do you think is to do with your childhood background? Because you didn't, you weren't born in America and, you know, you grew up in, in Bosnia, right? I grew up in Bosnia uh, to two to two professional basketball players. My dad was a professional coach. My mom- Wow, the apple yeah. doesn't fall far from the tree. No, no, it doesn't. Um, and let's say, you know, the, uh, the, edu the, the basketball education I had was, uh, was very tough. You know, my, my mom was my kind of coach. She was very tough on me. She used to wake me up at five in the morning and, you know, like, um, you know, don't, you know, be tough, toughen up, you know, th that kind of education. Um, and just, you know, making me aware from an early age that if I want to be great at something, it, it, there's only one thing stopping me and that's myself. Uh, and so not making excuses for myself. Um, that was an early, early thing, you know, in my childhood. So a lot of tears, a lot of tears were spilled, um, you know, on the way. Uh, but, but it, 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 it made me a, a bigger person, made me a better person. I wonder also if that's part of what you know. A lot of people talk about the immigrant mindset that you know when you when you come from another country to whether it's America or Europe, from you know typically war torn countries or developing countries, um, you know there's a there's a sense of 
privilege that you've got this opportunity to go and make something of yourself that, you know, perhaps, you know, if, if you grow up in that environment, you just sort of take it for granted. Um, and there is that mindset when immigrants want to, to achieve and they want their next generation to go beyond what they've achieved as well. Do you think that played in at all? Is that just the, the, the Rothbart family mindset was, you know, highly disciplined, highly target and orientated? Well, I, I think I, I think it was more the Rothbart family discipline. Um, so we, we, we grew up in a, in a, you know, in a socialist country, but, you know, all of my family members were, were individuals at private businesses, which is kind of, kind of strange, you know? Um, so it was just, you know, family of lawyers and, 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 um, and you know, I think it was just a, a family thing, you know, the, be the best that you can be regardless of what the, what the situation is around you and, uh, and just, and just live that way. Um, and so, and so, you know, as I've, as I've proceeded and gone through my career, uh, even though I'm seven foot one and I was, you know, ex, you know, blessed by, uh, by God with, with, with physical attributes and, and talent in basketball, what I learned was uh, that that's, that's really a small percentage of success uh, in, in basketball and, and that the mind and that the way that you approach yourself and your performance and what you do and how, the relationship you have with yourself through failures and through successes, that was the number one thing that would stop players from becoming successful or would make them successful. So I would see a lot of players that didn't have the attributes I had that had something mental that, that could make them go higher than I could, or players that were, were, were amazing physically, but just something in their, in their mind didn't allow them to, to move forward. And um, as, as I started learning about this field, I, started, I, I got a performance coach for myself. I started you know, digging in and I started seeing myself growing every single year in every aspect of my career. Um, and, and, you know, today with my passion for business that I've always had and, and my passion for investing in financial markets and everything I've, I've, uh, I've been doing just that as a high performance coach uh, for business individuals, for executives that want to take that performance mindset and they want to push it in their you know, in their fields and, um, and, and, and they want to apply those same things that I learned in basketball to, to their businesses. I, th I think what's interesting is what you said before about the fact that you weren't really interested in going to your high school graduation because you were, you know, out trialing um, for, for, for different, different positions uh, within the basketball world. I, I think that just speaks entirely to, passion ultimately you know you can invest 12 years of your life and it obviously meant something at some level but you had zero interest in doing it because you weren't ignited mentally around doing it and and right. you know that that aligns what you've just said that mindset is as important as skill set that you know you can you see it with you know top sports players top business people if if they, they can have all the skill you can see them go and win championships and then they can be you know major moments in their lives where actually you see their mindset completely shift and they become a different person on the 
the golf course, the the court, the pitch, or or the business arena. So it's 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 something I completely agree with. Uh, when it when it comes to basketball, just before we go into talking about where you're heading now and reinventing yourself, just talk to me about what basketball actually meant in terms of um, the the skill set and mindset that you were able to curate for yourself. What, 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 how did that develop over your career? Because um, I remember when I first met you and I said, you know, what do you do? You said, oh, I'm a basketball player and look, I'm a Brit. I don't think at that stage I'd ever watched a game of basketball. <laughs> and I think the first game of basketball was actually watching you live. Um, and, and you said, oh, I get paid to put a ball in a hoop. And, right. uh, and you know, I, 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 we both sniggered, but, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot more to it than that. Talk to sure. us. Sure. Yeah. I always joke. Sometimes I'm sitting there and I think, you know, I've been getting paid for the last 17 years to put a round thing in another round thing, you know, like classic, like the most basic infant game, you know, put a, put the round thing in the round thing, put the square thing in the square thing. And so that's, that's what I get paid to do. But um, it, yeah, it's definitely, like you said, it's not, it's not, uh, it's not that it's, um, the, the way that it has developed me actually, and, and kind of going back to what you said about the high school graduation um, and just touching a little bit about, you know, normal education today uh, is, is that what it is, that mindset of being ignited and being engaged in something that I truly am interested in, that I truly have a passion about, that I truly want to develop in myself and, and developing my strengths as opposed to, you know, just the way that education today, you know, works a lot about works with kids on their weaknesses or works just in, in a general sense. Um, and so what happens is when somebody is engaged in themselves and has a goal and has like, you know, th they want to, 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 to reach some ultimate goal then uh, then the sky's the limit because then their their mind is on that project. They're thinking about it. They're focused on it and they're excited about it. And then and then they could be, you know, watching a sitcom or reading a book and they will apply it to, to what it is that they're trying to accomplish because their whole world right now has become, you know, this this thing. And so it's, it's taught me uh, that through goals and through aspirations, genuinely in, in, in areas that I genuinely want to develop, uh, th that I can accomplish anything and I can get to know myself and I can, I could, uh, discover who I really am through, through this kind of activity rather than just through, you know, as they say, give the people bread and circuses, you know, just, you know, through normal daily activity, I feel like this engaging performance activity, high performance, uh, it, it has been my biggest door to connecting with myself. And to learning about myself, um, and so you know, I, I was I was at a dinner a couple of years ago, and, and I was at a rabbi's house, and he asked me, "Hey, Robert, why do you still play basketball? What you know, what's what's the thing? You know, maybe hoping that I would kind of join a yeshiva, you know, and and just learn." Um, and I told him because I learn about myself. This is this is where I learn about myself. You know, this is where I put myself out there, and I say, "Hey, I want to reach this goal." And whether it's failure or success, I learn about myself, you know? I, th I think what's interesting is that not all of us get to do 
what we love. Um, and I think okay. a lot of people um, who might be listening to this would would say, well, you know, he, he was great at basketball and he got to live out his childhood dream yeah. to be a basketball player. But, you know, 99% of the world, I would imagine, some crazy high statistic, are living out their work life without the passion that you were lucky to have during your basketball career and, and yeah. still have. Um, how, do you, how do you deal with that when you see people sort of not living their passion? And, and yeah. sometimes the reality is that, you know, you got to put food on the table and you got to go and do right. something that Absolutely. you might not actually enjoy, but you have responsibilities. We can't all just go and live our dreams or can we? Um, I think we can, but, okay, I, I love this question. And I think it's an important question and it, it really brings everything down to, down to earth because, you know, I just sound like some, you know, uh, full of himself basketball player talking about myself. Um, and, and, and actually a lot of the clients that I work with in the business um, areas uh, are living that exact reality, which you, which you uh, describe, even though they're high level executives, managers, directors, because I work with really high performers mainly. Um, and so what I found is that you can, you can be somewhere even at a high level but you can be disengaged because you're not like you said living your dream and the question is now what do I do do I leave everything and go and, and live my dream and the answer is my answer is no you you start to slowly point that flashlight of attention towards yourself and start to develop certain things that you can develop now where you are right now so so if one of the things, for example, I deal with clients who have, you know, most of my clients want promotions. Most of my clients have some kind of issues or fears around public speaking or talking or, or, or you know. And so I, I say, so the way that we begin is by, by dealing with those issues that they have now and, and getting them stronger, getting them better, higher performers, where they are now, wherever that may be. And I can tell you that a lot of, of what I've experienced with my clients is that people either get those promotions when they start, you know, thinking about themselves. They let the, the outside world know, hey, I'm looking for a promotion. And some of my clients will say, you know what, I'm quitting. I'm going to go start my business, you know, because they, they eventually feel like this is the right time for them. now. So it's not just a, a technical, hey, go live your dreams, people. Everybody can do it we can all fly, jump off the building, you know? No, that's not, you know, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, you know, learn to, to focus on yourself. Um, you know, I, I call it individualism. And individualism, not in an egocentric way, meaning I'm the, the center of the world, but meaning that if I, quite the opposite, if I bring my best self and I develop my best self, then, then through my profit-driven motives, through my motives to, to have a better life, to be financially free, to have wealth, to have time with my family, I will be my best, but I will also help society in the best way that I can in something that I'm passionate about, something that I love. I'll bring my best to society if, if I do that, if I focus on myself. And not everybody can do this. Not everybody wants to do this. You know, some people... They're, they want to have the security and they don't want to go out on a ledge for, for something that they, they believe in or they desire. And so it's not for everybody, uh, but, but for those who, who feel like they want to 
go this direction, then the only way is to look inward. I, th I think it's it's that self-awareness that is critical and it doesn't always have to relate to, oh, I want to live my dream or be my best self. And that for some reason often equates to go and start your own business and do whatever right, you want right. to do. I think you can actually do a lot of those things within a system and a structure if it if it is flexible enough to to start to take those baby steps towards those dreams so you don't have yeah. to you know just say i'm jumping off a cliff and flying um you know i i take an example in my own career that you know i worked in a, in a tech company for many years and you know it becomes the same every day you know you're, yeah. you're trying to, yeah. to build the sales pipeline and speak to the clients and, and pull in revenue um but the thing that i always enjoyed doing was public speaking being at conferences and actually i wanted to sort of you know go all in on that and right. i found a way to actually become the the sort of face of the company when it's when it came to conferences speaking on panels moderating managing fireside chats and I was able to start to live out some of the things that I was dreaming of doing um, through the system because I think often people think oh I'm not going to go and start my own business I need the security right. of that job and right. people do need the security of that job sure. um, and I, I think it's the self-awareness and then trying to make those key action points and see if they're achievable within the system that you're already in as well Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and one more thing that I, I just want to add to that, because that's exactly what I, what I work with my clients on is, for example, if you want to have that director role, how can I be that director now? How can I, before I get the promotion, how can I be, how can I act in a way that, 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 that the director would act? Not in a crazy way, but in a way that Yes, I'm going to speak up. My voice matters. I'm going to initiate certain things. I'm going to be a leader. And instead of saying, I want that job over there, you know, across the fence, across the way, or if I started my own business, life would be better. How can I, how can I fill my needs now here what, with what I have in front of me? And what I've found that a lot of times when we do that, then, then the outside world kind of just shifts and 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 changes in according to our behaviors here so then yes you get that promotion but yeah you've been living in that promotion already so so again it's it's what can i do now with what i have to to see if that is really what i what i need to not get sucked into those voices that tell me i'm only going to be happy happy if i start a business but i don't have the 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 guts to do it. So I'm going to be between a rock and a hard place for the rest of my life. I'm going to be miserable for the rest of my life, uh, you know, stuck in this place. No, you can do it now. And, and, and self-awareness is the number one thing. I, I think it's just a case of, you know, it's probably a cliche and I've probably heard it a few times before, but you should just be the change now that you seek to, to, to be in the future and not wait for anybody to bestow this title on you that will suddenly magically alter your behavior. Walk the talk of how you want to be in two years, five years, or in that role that you already want now. Just do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's, that's one, of the, one of the most important things. And I think it, 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 you know, it, 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 it's true in every aspect of our lives, even in our relationships with our loved ones, uh, with money, with, um, you know, with, with, with everything. I definitely, I definitely think that's one of the biggest gems of wisdom. Look, we're always 
procrastinating or we're worried what other people will think or are we overstepping the mark or how will this look um and if we just remove that um and not be scared to to go all in um often good things happen again you know you've seen it in your own career i've definitely seen it in mine when i've made the choice to be bold and to just go with it great things happen when i've made the choice to not be bold you stagnate you don't move forward yes. and uh yes. and and uh you know it's it's nice to say with hindsight but it's it's a consciousness that we need to continue to live with because it affects like you say relationships work and everything else that that comes with it now in sport mindset as we've already outlined is absolutely critical to success and within my world um i was thinking just before we came on air you know within the sales and marketing arena a lot of the um, attributes and outcomes are very, very similar to the sports world. And actually, you do see a lot of sports people transition into, into sales or business leaders because there is that you know, winning mindset. There's that never give up. There's the dis- discipline. There's understanding if it's a team sport, how to be a team player and get everybody um, onto the same page and, and move move the company forward. Um, there's that concept of training and, you know, literally building muscle, both memory muscle and physical muscle um, of trying to achieve what you're, what you're trying to do. Um, you, as you've said, are moving into this world of high performance coaching. You're already coaching, I think you said, you know, over 10 people in, in you know, high level positions already. Why have you made that choice to go into that specific field, first of all? Um, and then let's get into the nitty gritty of sort of your high performance framework. Okay. Um, so why have I made that, that decision? Uh, like I said, I... I always had passion for business, even as a child. Um, And I always had this eye to kind of go in and look at something and say, hey, this could be improved in, you know, this, these many ways, this is how I would improve this business. Even as a child, I would walk into a store, I would say, hey, their, their, their sign isn't, you know, straight, or they, they need to do this, or they need, this is, this was my thinking always as, as, naturally was how do I improve business? I was a natural businessman selling things, buying things. Um, and so, you know, eventually I, I got interested into investments and started to learn what does, what makes a good company, you know, from, from, from an investor's perspective and, and my passion for business, my passion for high performance and, and, and just my passion for helping people who want to, to accomplish the same things that I want to. So even today, some of, some of the work I do is with professional basketball players who want to, to achieve that, uh, that success in their careers. But I, I, like you said, business and marketing and sales, and, and it's all the same. It's all the same. It's just, it's not a ball into a hoop. It's a paper on a, on a it's a pen on a paper, you know, sign that, get that deal, you know, signed. How do I get it signed? Um, and so this, this ability to work with individuals, to maneuver themselves, really, because it's all about them. It's, it's about maneuvering yourself. It's not about the field that you're in. So I, I, I work with clients from, from uh, kidney surgeons to uh, sales directors to, you know, all kinds of field, but it's all the same. It doesn't matter. You know, everybody has the, the same things that they go through that a professional basketball player would go through 
um, when they're trying to become high performers. And so helping people look inward, discover themselves, discover their strengths and go with those strengths, believe in themselves, develop those strengths, have discipline to develop them, set goals and, 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 and make sure that they're doing the right things to set those goals. It's, it's, it's an accountability uh, that they have with, with me and with themselves. Now that they've put it on paper, they've talked to somebody about it. They, you know, I, I say, I call it a personal contract that you make with yourself. I'm, I'm making this contract with myself. Once I've made that contract with myself, I've got to do my part and I've got to do my part. You know, it's the only, it's, those are the two sides. And so just, just that's extremely interesting to me, extremely um, feel like I, I provide people with the values, um, with the value to, to go after their, their passions, their dreams. And, and, and I believe that people that go after profit-driven dreams will help society eventually as well. I want to pick out two specific attributes maybe this is a personal coaching session for me, but uh, I want to talk about being goal orientated. I want okay. to talk about discipline and, and maybe I'm going to throw in a third, which is people and teamwork. Um, right. Maybe we'll start with that one, actually. Um, you know, on a basketball team, you're one of, you know, a few players on the court or a squad. And sometimes your own skill could be better or worse than other people in the team. How do you and how have you managed the interaction with your colleagues on, on, on the court um, and perhaps some of the frustrations that you find with other people um, to, to ensure that the team stays as a unit? Because again, in sales teams and the, the best sales teams that I've ever worked in are where we're all pulling for each other. That if one guy can't do the demo, I would step in and you know wouldn't want the commission for it. If it went through, it'd still go to the other guy. That, that sense of everyone's got each other's back um, which, which isn't always the case, particularly in sales teams, because everyone's yeah. fighting over money. Um, but but how, do, how do you view that people-orientated discipline? Yeah, so I mean, that's one that really took me a long time to, to, to even kind of start to understand, because like I said, in professional sports and professional basketball, it's, it's really you against the world. So even if you're on a team, like you said, in sales, they're your teammates, but they're your also they're also your com competition, right? You're competing for minutes. You're competing for glory. You're competing for, you know, the, the the main platform, and so it's difficult, right? Uh, so so there's really two parts to that, right? Um, the part that has to do with how how do I? It's the fear really of these are these are my this is my competition. Now I need to you know look at them in a certain way as competition. And so the way that you, you kind of dissipate some of that fear, and there's no easy way to do this one, is by preparation, by practice, and by being the best that you can be. Uh, so just, you know, honing your craft in, being the best you can be for yourself. Uh, and, and that's the only thing you can do to, to, to be better. The other part of that is, and th this has to do with the teamwork, is if you're focused on yourself and what you need to do to be become the best salesman or the best basketball player or the best marketing, you know, uh, person, then 
then, then you know you're doing everything you can do. So you don't need to look at them as competition. They are. But now you say, hey, how can I now build a team of people? And the way to do that, I've discovered, is by being vulnerable and being real uh, and being, you know, really bringing yourself, your genuine self uh, as a person to these people and opening yourself up. And so if you take care of those two things, it's not just being vulnerable and then slacking on your work. It's, you know, make sure you're doing the best. Make sure you're going in early to the weight room, taking care of yourself, getting extra shots if you need to, focus mentally, doing everything you need to do. But then the team part of it is, hey, you know, you can sometimes share frustrations. You can, you know, ask people, hey, how are you doing? You can try to help somebody and, and really show yourself and, and, and be vulnerable. And then people will also be vulnerable and open up to you. And the value of a team is huge. That's something that I've only discovered really in the last few years of my career. Uh, and in the places that I've been able to contribute to that teamwork, uh, you know, people say leader, be a leader, but it, it's not about being a leader. It's just about doing your part to, to cultivate that team atmosphere and that connection. And, and, and sometimes it means being a leader. Sometimes it means stepping away. Um, you know, you can't force yourself to be a leader, but if you do those two things, then uh, you're in the right direction. And, and the value of a team is huge uh, because in basketball, you can really see and you can really feel when there is a team chemistry, there is a team atmosphere. And it's not just five guys on the court thinking about themselves. You can really see when everybody wants to win. And what happens in basketball is when a team wins, the individuals end up getting paid more the next year than if, if you score more points individually, but your team loses, usually those are the guys that are going to have a hard time finding a team. So mm, interesting. Just, just to put it statistically for, for the listeners quickly, if I score 18 points a game and my team loses, I will get paid on the average less than if I scored 13 points in the game, but I took the championship or I won. So my biggest goal for myself, and again, that's going back to individual self-driven motives is for my team to win and 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 that's something that a lot of young players don't realize um and again it, it, it's a it's a it's a hard one it's a difficult one to 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 kind of come to terms with look it's 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 also about you know what i said before about the the two other two other uh, attributes i'd love your your views on but you know being goal orientated even you know let's take tennis or golf as you know, they're typically very individualized sports or Formula One racing. You know, you're focusing on yeah. the main yeah. person who you see, but there is a big team behind them. There are coaches and trainers and, you know, therapists and all sorts of other people that make up that team. Um, but it's about having that goal. How important is having a goal-driven mindset to achieving all of these, these aims? My opinion, having a goal-driven mindset is huge. It's, it's not an easy thing. Setting goals is not an easy thing because the process of setting a goal can be sometimes deceiving because you can, you can deceive yourself on setting a goal because you could say, I want to be this, but are you really willing to, to, to give up certain things to do that? You know, and so 
some of the some of the young players that I deal with, you know, they're very confused because they watch, you know, basketball on TV and 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 you know that makes them have these goals that are not realistic, uh, but not in a sense that they can't reach those goals. In a sense that they don't, re- they're not really willing to give up certain things for that goal. And so, being real with yourself on what your goals are, also being being an aware enough to know what you're going to have to give up for those goals because you know sometimes we say you know i want to have a six pack but do you really want to not eat fruits i mean not eat uh, uh sweets and go out for a run every day and do abs and you know and do you really want that no you don't if you know what what it entails you'll say no nah, i don't need the six pack i can just put you know me on. so well robert <laughs> I didn't, I wasn't implying anything at all. I wasn't implying anything at all. <laughs> but I think, I think, I think what's, what's interesting is also that, you know, you, you make the, the analogy there of young players looking at existing basketball players and saying, I want to be like X, Y, or Z. Those are tap, that's tapping into other people's goals. You have to know what your goals are and they have to, yes, be realistic, but also, a bit dreamy as well so you can feel like you're you're, yeah. you're heading in a in a big journey right exactly exactly and so i'm you know there's this thing out there called the smart goal right i don't know if you've heard of it like acronym for and 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 uh, and r is realistic and so i'm i'm not a big fan of that i i think that you know my biggest successes were and i set the biggest goals and the most not realistic unrealistic goals um i don't i don't and and i, I think it's about the fact that I really was, I was really in on that goal, all in, I would, you know, eat, sleep, <laughs> dream, you know, breathe that goal. And, and, and it, it happened. Um, but, but um, definitely, you know, goals change for individuals as well. So my goals have changed within the years. And so I, I do kind of a, I set goals on a yearly basis. I set goals on a, on, on a, on a bi-yearly basis to make sure that I'm you know, what is it that I want? So my goals now as a professional basketball player are different uh, than they were, um, than they were several years ago. And going back to going back to what am I willing to give up for my goals? So my, my goal was always basketball first. And so what did we give up? You know, me, Robert, me and my family, we moved continents, countries, cities every single year for the first, uh, for the first eight years of our marriage, we moved like 19 times. And so that was like a family, every, the whole family was in on that goal. Well, now that's not the goal anymore, right? It's not the, it's not the ultimate goal for me anymore. So if I get an offer in, in, uh, in, 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 in Siberia, I won't take it right. Because I have different goals. So it's just also knowing how to tune your goals to what you really want to be connected with your goals now, not like on a theoretical, hey, this is what I set for myself three years ago, so I got to keep going in this direction. But that that aligns with the discipline attribute. I mean, what are your top quick fire two or three top tips for building discipline, particularly when you know, I speak for myself, I'm not a naturally disciplined person. I have to build it in to the structures of even my day or even a, even down to the hour to keep right. on track. Um, otherwise, things you know the wheels come off. What are your top tips? Top tips for discipline. Okay, so, um, so, so for, first tip for discipline goes back to goals. Be aware of the of of the goal that you've set, and 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 you know how connected are you to this goal? Really, what are you willing to 
to, to, to do for this goal. Know the steps you need to take for this goal. Believe that these steps are necessary, right? And so if I want to achieve my goal, I actually believe that the steps I am taking to, to, to achieve that goal will help me achieve that goal. I'm aware that I need to give up certain things. Uh, and, then, and then the hardest one is, is be impeccable with your word. So if you've set something, make sure you never, ever give up until you've you know, given yourself a, a time period. Okay, I'm going to do this for six months. You know, I, I, I once, I have a crazy story to share. I once, I think you know this. I once told myself, I'm not eating sweets for a year. I didn't know and, that. Yeah. So, so I was over at your house for a meal and I didn't have dessert. And so I remember, you know, Sarah, your wife told me, you know, you're not eating dessert. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm off sweets. I'm, I'm done. He's like, you know, she was, you know, and so, um, and, and so my wife knows that what I try to do, I'm not impeccable. I'm not the, you know, I'm not, you know, but what I try to do is I try to never set goals and never set things for myself that, that I'm, until I'm absolutely certain that I'm going for them. And so um, another crazy one is that I said to myself a couple of years ago, I, I'm going to do cold showers for a year, no warm water for a year, you know? And so it doesn't matter. It could be freezing outside. I'm doing the cold shower because I've, I've decided that that's what I'm doing. Once you, once you take one warm shower, it's like, oh, that felt good. You know, maybe I get another one. You know? none, of, none of these are resonating with me. Abs training, right. no desserts, cold showers. Forget it. What type of coach are you? No, so, so, so <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not that, I'm not that uh, uh, sadistic anymore. But, you know, these are some of the things that when I was younger, I would kind of, uh, I'd want to test myself and I want to see, you know, um, how far I can push myself, but I'm definitely, I'm not that, I'm not there. So um, everybody needs to kind of connect to their own goals and, and, and then be disciplined. So look, we're coming to the end of the podcast. I want to ask you two things. First of all, as we wrap up this section, for anybody listening who hasn't yet got a coach, what are the big reasons that they need to start to think about doing that? And you know, how can they perhaps reach out to you or other ideas that they uh, they could use to to get on that coaching track? Because self-awareness, mental health, um, this whole vertical is only growing and it's becoming even more important within companies as it is in our own lives on a personal level. And, and companies are getting that. They're even paying for it. Um, so, so that's first question. Then I'm going to finish on a, another question that goes back to basketball. Okay. Um, yeah, well, definitely. Like you said, companies, corporations are seeing the value and, and, and with the work that I do at Valor, we are seeing a crazy boom because of, of, of Zoom culture now where you could, you could have a coach living in, in, in Israel and you could be anywhere in the world and people are comfortable with, you know, doing these meetings here. We're the biggest proof. We're sitting here five houses down and we're doing a Zoom meeting. So, um, so uh, it's definitely become, you know, it's become part of awareness. Um, what I, what I want to say to people uh, that are thinking about getting a coach and, and the reason why having a coach is important, uh, A, it's only if you really, really are willing to go through the work and if you're willing to actually put in work. So getting the coach is not the solution to your problems. You know, the coach isn't, he's, he, he, 
my job is to help people maneuver themselves. The coach won't do the abs for you. No, no. (laughs) And one of my biggest thing is, you know, I don't, I don't want to work harder than my clients. I'm not a motivator, you know, don't call me if you need motivation. Okay. You need, if you, if you, if you want coaching, it's because you really are motivated by yourself. You're ready to do something. And all you need is somebody to help you maneuver that space of personal growth of performance. Um, because I've been there before so that, so I know what you're going to go through when, when you're ready to let the world know how wonderful you are, um, or to achieve your dreams. But, but a coach is not going to solve your problems. Uh, Don't get a coach thinking that the coach will do it for me because you will do it for yourself. And that's, you know, it's this, it's, it's kind of annoying, but it's also the most beautiful thing because it makes your successes yours. It's not the coaches. So um, I, I think that coaching is amazing. I personally grew up in basketball, so I always had a coach. Um, I always knew what, what the meaning of a coach was. You know, you can't just send a team of players out there without a coach. We need a coach. Even at our age, our experience, our high level of professionality, we have to have the coach there. And, the, and, and it, it's, it's, it's super important to have a coach. We all need somebody in our corner. Everybody needs a coach. And, and, you know, as we get older, our parents aren't our coaches anymore. Uh, and so we need somebody, we need a mentor. We need somebody to, to, to be able to, to see, uh, see us from a different perspective and help us see ourselves from a different perspective when we're going towards our goals and achieving them. Look, there's, there's no shortcuts. You've got to do the work. You can, gotta do the work. you can have the goals, you can have the discipline, but you got to do the work. Um, I think what, what you've said there is really interesting around growing up around having a coach in your world. Yeah. Um, I think schools need to be doing this. Look at the problems we've got in our young kids' lives today. Um, just imagine that there was a, a coach mindset within our schools, um, how that could just change the dynamic of a generation if we, if we had kids being supported in in the way that you've described i think game changer um just 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 one thought there and um final question coming back to basketball and you know this is a sort of pet pet interest for me which is not basketball but um politics today is is you know a very toxic stroke divided area in many ways um the basketball world has has its own fair share of um, controversy last year, particularly with you know the Black Lives Matter movement um, and what the NBA did um, and and various other um, clubs. You've seen you know people like Mark Cuban um, be involved in being you know particularly political in sport. And I don't think this is the first time that's been the case. I don't know if you'll remember, you know, obviously apartheid South Africa. It that movement trickled into. The cricket world and their boycotts and all sorts of other things what's your take on politics being involved in sport and it's becoming i think a, a real problem because i just want to watch the game i don't really want to know what a particular player thinks about society or the world i just want to watch them do well on the pitch or the court and enjoy their sport but it's being woven in deeply to their whole 
brand as players. What's your take on this? That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a tough question. It's a um, podcast all on its own, by the way. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. It definitely is. So I just want to, I want to start by, you asked me earlier, where can people get a hold of me? So I'm going to quickly say that uh, they can email me at rothbart.robert at gmail.com. That's R-O-T-H-B-A-R-T dot Robert at gmail.com. Um, my website should be up in a couple of days, robertrothbart.com. Um, but the email is the best way to contact me. And so going back to, to your question, um, it's a tough one because, you know, one of the things that makes, uh, I want to say, one of the things that makes capitalism work is that the flour that I buy at the store to make my bread uh, I don't know if the, 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 the guy who made the flower or produced the flower, if he's black, white, Jewish, Muslim, man or woman, I just know that he's giving me a product at a certain price that is competitive and, and that I want to buy that. And so when you start to bring in these factors that are non-commercial, you know, uh, then you change the aspect of the whole product, right? You, if, if I now say, hey, this is Black Lives Matters flower or, you know, White Lives Matters flower. It doesn't matter what I say. Now I've created a different product. And, and um, I definitely grew up in an era where sports was kind of the thing that brought us all together, meaning the diversity in sports was something that was, was almost, I want to say, game-changing in the world because I know that uh, a lot of the, 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 the black athletes, you know, they came to the NBA and, 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 and to, to baseball teams and, and, and in, in the civil rights era. Um, and that was, that was something that was, was history changing. So it happened. Uh, but, but the way that I grew up seeing it was, you know, we, we kept it, in my opinion, we kind of kept it pure by not bringing politics, not bringing race or trying to bring race into it so true um, so true yeah. so true that sport yeah. used to be this great unifier i mean as a kid i remember yeah. going to, to to highbury the the stadium of, of arsenal the football team and you know the crowds would be mixed and the team would were, were all mixed as well and my my best my right. favorite players were all black players ian wright david rocastle Thierry Henry. you know these were my idols and sport was that yeah. unify. You're so right. Right. And, and, and I, think what, I think what for me kind of sticks out is that, um, you know, it's funny. It's, it, it feels like sports was maybe the most diverse thing because, you know, the Olympics and, you know, and like you said, you went to the game, the crowd was all mixed, the players were mixed, but your your favorite players weren't your favorite players because they were a certain race it's just because for that moment it's the sport that was in the center of, of your focus and that pure moment of it truly doesn't matter what color you are what race you are what um you know sexual preference somebody has or what uh religion you are that moment of, of purity, I feel like is, is being taken away by forcing you to say, hey, 
look at the race of these players or look at the race of these people and 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 on one end i understand it because these players they have a huge following they have a voice and they want to say what they they want to say so i understand their side as well where they want to they want to use their platform to 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 promote the ideas that they believe in you know and so uh the only thing i would say is that when you when you take, in my opinion, the most classy thing is to keep yourself an athlete, uh, but just be aware that when you take things to a certain place, then you've changed your brand. And, and I think that sometimes keeping quiet is better because you, you, you didn't hurt anybody, you didn't offend anybody by keeping quiet, uh, you know, sometimes. And so um, it's definitely a tough, tough area to maneuver. Those are some of my thoughts. They don't reflect all of my thoughts on, on, on that area, because I'm sure that there's many things that I've missed just kind of, you know, on the fly thinking about it, but it, it's definitely an interesting aspect of, of what we're going through in society today. Really insightful. Robert, it's been so great having you on this podcast. Um, I knew it would be a good one, and it is, and I hope our listeners really enjoy it. Thank you for sharing your life, career, how you're reinventing yourself, and the, the framework of high performance, which I think everybody can resonate with and aspire to, and uh, look forward to continuing to see your journey. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that episode. I've got some great future guests lined up, so please remember to follow and subscribe to the channel wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Thank you so much, Robert. It's been a pleasure.